Hi guys, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're here with the Beefy Sandwich crew. Uh, it's me, Andreas, and again, it's with uh, Wayne. Yo. And Tom. Good day, sir! Um, we're... Today's topic of conversation, um, I suppose we should probably start with the fact that GTA is coming out tomorrow. Oh uh, shit, it's tomorrow? Yeah, well, Tuesday, time of recording is two days, but I mean, shh, we'll edit that, we'll that bit out, we won't edit that bit out. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like a month away or two months away. <laughs> no, I don't no, keep our promise of bullshit. It's true, um, but the thing is, right, is that apparently the, obviously the files got leaked online a little while ago. And um, uh, somebody's been looking through all the files, and apparently the config files also let out the fact that there's a PC version and a PS4 version in the works. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, and the uh, Xbox and PS3 versions don't look as good as the, the promo videos that they've been showing for so long. Well, that's just bad. It's pretty bad. But, I mean, I suppose if it's going to be coming out on PC, it's going to be that sort of power. Consoles are what? irrelevant, according to Axe. What company doesn't do that, though? Name me yeah. one video game trailer yeah. where that's been available on all platforms that doesn't look better than it will ever look on the PS3 or Xbox. It's like the whole quote-unquote scandal thing they had with um, somebody taking a picture of a PC running some of the demo stuff at E3. Yeah, but that's because, normal. Yeah, yeah, that is normal, but obviously it's that kind of thing. Like, And... and a lot of companies really blur the line between pre-rendered and this is gameplay. It's like, yeah, this is gameplay because you've made this bit look really good. Yeah. The game will play like that, but it won't look quite that good. Especially because, I think as we probably said in one of the first podcasts, like it's seven or eight year old hardware now. It's not going to look that rosy compared to a new console and a PC. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with with PCs, they've been continuously upgraded for you know since you could you could buy one and almost instantly get something that's better for it, like a new graphics card or something like that. With a uh, with an Xbox, it's almost as if it's just a solid. It's just there's nothing you can change. It's all integrated. I mean, it would be you know it would be nice. It's one one day to have a console that you can upgrade to have a longer sh- uh, shelf span. But at the same time, it would be a case of it might as well like. The, the PC would still it would basically still be the PC yeah that's I think the the difference is usually PC if you have kind of the knowledge or you know someone who can help you build one and you have the money because they're more expensive whereas console is a you know hassle free cheaper version that will run everything for years and you don't have to worry about upgrading anything yeah the thing is I quite like that about the console though it's, it's just it seems like the in the longer run, it seems that it's, it's a more affordable option once every, it seems every eight years at the moment, they have a, a new console. So you have, you know, that, that gap. Whereas if you were, like, you know, my PC won't be able to run Battlefield 4 probably because, you know, it, it's the Battlefield 4 takes up, looking at the, the recommended system specs, it's pretty much everything I have. Like, just. If you're pushing it to the limit. And so it's like, I got this PC just over a year and a half ago now, and it seems like it's becoming redundant to begin with yeah I reckon consoles will eventually go into the whole upgrading system though the biggest argument between console gamers and PC gamers is PC gamers will always say we can upgrade and that's it and then console gamers are like we don't need to we don't I think with console gamers yeah with console gamers is we can buy any game and get the full experience from it a lot of of, I think a lot of it comes down to the a lot of people think that PC games, it's all about the graphics. 
So it's a case of everybody wants the, to up their graphics, up their speed, so they can play all these games. Whereas the Xbox, if you don't mind near the end of the lifespan sacrificing some graphics, then you can probably carry on but going. That's fine. the thing. Like uh, I've met more console gamers that care about graphics um, than PC gamers who care about graphics. Yeah, I mean, to me, a game isn't made by graphics. I I still to this day play Deus Ex 1. It's one of my favourite games. Don't get me wrong, it could do with a new look of paint. It does look quite dated, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's yeah. it's out of like, it's out of touch with today's world, you know? Exactly that, but there's there's always been console, like console gaming. Uh, uh, some games have sold on the facts of, hey, we have better graphics. Mm. Um, people bought the PS4 sorry, the PS3 even, at the time, some people bought it for the fact that they believed it had better graphics than the Xbox 360. But PC game, there's always going to be the, there's always going to be the people on the PC that are like, yeah, we have better graphics than you too. But there's, it seems to be a lot less than people as far as console gaming goes. Yeah. I, I feel like the, like with the, with the PS3 and the Xbox 360 when they first come out, the PS3 boasted that it had like this many processors, it has more processors than the Xbox 360. But the thing is with those processors, that you couldn't use all of them at one time, they weren't all powering the same thing. They weren't dedicated in any way, they all split between different things. And so it ended up being basically the same console anyway. Um, yeah. With the, the PS4, it seems as if they're saying now that, um, it's noticeably faster than the Xbox One. But it feels like, at the same time, that's the same thing that they said about the PS3 and the Xbox 360. And the Xbox, 3, and the Xbox 360 sold a lot more than the PS3. So it, it's going to be a, a toss-up between um, which consoles are better exclusives, I think, at the end of the day. But, I mean, with... Graphically, I don't know what sort of stuff they're putting into it that can stand the test of time. Because, um, to me, these days, graphics are getting to the point now where I don't know if I really want better graphics in a game. I just want a decent gameplay. I want a big game world, you know, and that sort of thing. But I don't really care necessarily about the graphics. Yeah, I think because so many companies for so long have been focusing on, oh, look, we've got these graphics, and then the next one, they're like, oh, we'll write a whole new engine and add new graphics in this, that, other. They've pushed it so far that, like, I don't... Not exactly everything's fallen behind. It's just... Slightly neglected, so that like we call it, they probably have better graphics somehow, uh, despite the fact it's on the same hardware and all that sort of thing. But um, the gameplay, they hadn't really changed much, which is probably the, one of the best examples of are oh, we going to make it look all different but play the same? Whereas I think it's that's probably a lot to do with as well they, the fact they developed for consoles. They're trying to squeeze as much like graphics power as they can out of the old consoles. Yeah. I, I look at sort of like when they when they talked about the new Halo in the Xbox One conference, they were just like, oh, finally the Master Chief will be in glorious 1080i or 1080p, and it's just like that's pretty much what everybody else has been on for so long, uh, because I mean Halo was on 720 for the longest time, it hasn't it hasn't really upped anything, and it's just um, but they've worked more on the game, and to me I feel like the game is better because they worked on the game, not on the graphics. And, like, okay, fair enough, the new console, they obviously have to move up in hardware. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to spend too much time making the game look better, because the game looks good to begin with. I mean, Halo 4, some of the scenes, like some of the dis- the, uh, the the horizons and stuff look fantastic. But with... I just don't think that... Um, like, it was always the gameplay that got me more than it was the the actual uh, graphics itself. So, yeah, right. 
it tends to come down to a good game is a good game regardless of graphics. Yeah. But a lot of people will, just for the sake of bragging rights, get a bit snobby about, oh, this console's got a slightly better graphics and stuff. The yeah. problem comes in where the where lately, I'd say over the last five years or so, maybe a bit longer, I guess since the Xbox 360 and PS3 came out, graphics have been dragged upon so highly and games have games have been sold and marketed around the graphical design over the game instead of the gameplay. Mm. And the, the, the gamers coming in at that sort of time seem to just think that graphics were the matter. Yeah. Like people that were thirteen when Call of Duty came out. Um and they like they they played Call of Duty Modern Warfare and then Modern Warfare two came out, it was the same game except better graphics. And they're like, oh well, this game has better graphics, therefore it's better. Yeah. And that's all they care about now. Whereas older people, people in their say mid twenties now, were can appreciate a game for what it is. Um, like I have friends that still play GoldenEye on the Nintendo sixty four because it was an amazing game. They don't care that the graphics are all dull and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I mean, the HD remake of Perfect Dark came out. That wasn't that much updated as it goes. It was just smoothed out. It's still blocky as fuck, but I mean, it it looks, it still plays phenomenally. I love that game. But I mean, at the end of the day, right, you've got a great game, but sometimes a graphical experience can make it, I mean, let's not take it away, let's go to the other side. Sometimes graphics can make a game feel richer. Like, I mean, Skyrim, as much as I'm not a massive fan of the games, um... The the games are good, but sometimes the, the you look at the graphics when you're on top of a mountain, you look down over, uh, you look over down over the the world, and it it looks fantastic, and you just sort of like you get taken back by it. Same with Tomb Raider. There's one point where you're climbing up a telegraph pole, basically, and you get to the top of it, and it looks out over the mountains. It looks phenomenal, and it it does add to the game sometimes, but at the same time, it 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 shouldn't really be the main priority of a a, a game. Um, yeah. You know, if- Case in point, Minecraft. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just, um, when a game... It, annoys, it bothers me when a game has obviously lacked on gameplay or open worlds mm. or something to improve graphics. Now, obviously, Skyrim is not is, is, is not where, where I'm going because their open world is huge. It's massive. Um, but, like, I'm trying to think of a game now that has amazing graphics. It's, when a game has unneeding, unneedingly good graphics and they've sacrificed gameplay or open world or experience just to have those graphics. That's when it's getting a bit silly and a lot of games are doing that. Okay, Call of Duty is the perfect example. They haven't really enhanced any of their games. All they've done is add graphics from one game to the next. Yeah. I I think, I don't know if you guys ever really saw Rage or played Rage. Yes. Um, I saw about its graphics problems and such. I was going to buy it. The game this weekend. I got... I got it for £5 a little while ago, then I also got a free copy, which I've been lending around to friends. But um, the game looks amazing. It has some, like, glitches because it's it looks like they've taken too much time. But um, the game itself, um, as good as it could have been, was quite lacking. It's underrated. It's a good tech demo for id tech engines. But, I mean, it's not much other than that at the moment. So it feels a bit like... I mean, if they, if they were to do a Rage 2... I reckon they could still use that engine and create a fuller game. It feels like... I feel like maybe that was a tech demo for Doom 4. Yeah, it could have been. I just... I remember everyone saying it's so weird that they were still 
using an albeit updated version of that engine to make things. But I think that they they came out afterwards saying that the um the next engine that they're going to come out with it will be the will be for Doom Four. So their their debut for that will be Doom Four. So I quite look forward to seeing what that's like because Doom Three was um, a strangely good. It's like I, I didn't quite expect it to be that good, considering how far after Doom Two it was or Final Doom that it was, and it was it, it was surprised it surprised me quite a lot. Yeah, I never really played much of the. Maybe it's because I'm a couple of years younger than you guys, but I never really played much of the Doom games. I'm not. So I'm honestly not much of a fan. I, I just dislike the games themselves. They're not my thing. Well, someone needs to teach you tasting games, motherfucker. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't hate on people that like them. No, they, I don't hate on the games. I just don't like them myself. Yeah, similar, similar to me in Skyrim. I mean, I've, I, I own the game. I play it through occasionally, but I don't feel like it's my kind of game. It's a. It's a fun game to play when you've got like spare hours, but it's just not something I can get into for like yeah. like weeks on end. Kind of, kind of going back with both Skyrim and the graphics thing, the jump between Fallout 3 slash New Vegas and Skyrim makes all the difference in terms of, oh my god, I'm in a giant open world, and oh my god, those textures over there haven't loaded in about a mile away. Yeah. That's, that's what you get with Fallout 3. Like, going back and playing, I still enjoy it, but playing Skyrim and then playing Fallout 3, hmm. the, the difference in the graphics between whatever engine they were on before and their creation engine thing they have now yeah. is... um quite strange to see uh yeah i just i i i i, I look forward to seeing because i mean i'm more of a fallout than i am a, uh, an elder scrolls guy um, yeah. i as as much as i know that a lot of fallout was um taken from elder scrolls i just feel like it was obviously i'm more of a gun kind of guy rather than magic and swords and stuff and it's just one of those things that i really enjoyed um but I can. I, I look forward to seeing what they do with because I mean the next Fallout should be on the next gen, it, theoretically. I hope. So. I hope they bring out another one because there was a there was a thing a while back about the voice actor for Three Dogs saying um he he might be involved in some stuff but then he said he didn't but it was a bit suspicious. I'd I'd love to see a, a Fallout Four. Yeah, what, what, what I'd love do. to see is a a Fallout that goes backwards in graphics a little bit. Like, it's a really, really good open-world game, but it goes back to, like, the Fallout 1 graphics type, like, really old-school sort of textured, and goes back to the old style. Because, I mean, with Fallout, when I played Fallout 2, I remember one of the most... One of the more standout features was the fact you could get married in the game, and then if you were poor, you could pimp out your wife. <laughs> but that, that feature needs to be in more games. That, that, that like feature needs to be in You're in the middle of a mission in Call of Duty, and it's like, here's your payday. It's like, what for? Oh, yeah, my wife, right. <laughs> So, that, oh, yeah, oh yeah, by the way, your wife now has hepatitis. Like, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> I don't get treated now. That'd be a great little micromanaging thing you have to do between missions. And it would uh, reflect the views of most of the 13-year-olds on Xbox Live that insult everybody's mothers. So yeah, yeah. it's win-win, really. I know, right? I mean, there's care for every party here. I mean, I'm Bethesda. If you're looking for a team to write your new uh, Fallout, we're here. Yeah, we're here. For God's sake, don't pick us. We will destroy it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, good things, good things. Good things, good things. Pimp out your wife. I mean, yes. in the game, not in real life. We will not sell, we will not sell your wife for a camel, I promise. <laughs> be, be fair, she could be hot, two camels in a goat. Oh. Let's not judge before we know. Yeah, it's true. 
We've got, we've got to, got to sort of, you know, interview her first. Find out her worth. Interview her. Yeah. In, uh, in air quotes. Yeah. Interview. Interview. We need to give her a thorough... Okay, we should definitely move on. A little off topic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, with the, with the graphically, I don't think that, I don't think we should push it too much further because if we push it too much further, then we're going to start blurring the lines between realism and, and not realism. And then we'll be in the Matrix and nobody wants that. Exactly. That's the thing though. A lot of, like, a lot of younger gamers in this day and age, you want realism. Yeah, but yeah, I but mean, but they also play Call of Duty. Gameplay as much as um, as much as graphics. Graphics can aid him. Like uh, another good example is Far Cry in terms of like open world games that have really got a lot to immerse you. Your graphics just completes the immersion. Whereas if it's a game where it's like, oh, this is Call of Duty, I'm run around, die, respawn, run around, die, respawn. It's not particularly immersive. Yeah. So it's not a big continuous flying experience. Um, so the graphics don't, they don't matter as much. It's kind of like polishing a extremely, uh, loved and well played turd. You don't need to. I love you completely. It's just that, uh, like, my argument was that to, to, to up and coming gamers now, they do, which is why they're going to be such, which is why I reckon they're going to be focused on so highly, um, with the upcoming consoles. And the upcoming games. Yeah. If it's Call of Duty, oh, you can see the hair on your arms. I don't give a shit. If I'm looking down a bow of a gun, I'm not looking at the hair on my arm. I'm looking at the guy's face I'm about to blow up. I don't know. I'm particularly proud of the hair on my arm. Um, I, I would be extremely impressed if they somehow got tress effects on every single hair. <laughs> that, that was that was a great feature that just was never, ever needed. Tress effects in Tomb Raider. It's like, only for AMD graphics cards. Oh, that's lucky I have an AMD graphics card. What does it do? It makes your hair behave like it's a possessed tentacle monster. Well, this is realistic. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, Lara sneezes, and then like, all her hair goes flying off in different directions, and starts trying to strangle you, and punch, like, members of local wildlife. (laughs) I want to see a montage video of this. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to turn this off. Slow-mo in everything. Yeah, just... <laughs> just deers no, flying in the distance. They're going to add for Tomb Raider 2 is an option that every time you move, um, your hair will jump all over the place and it will play a jingle from a well-known um, localised shampoo commercial. <laughs> just, uh... Because it's, it's, it's you're worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, it does... It, that does seem a bit extreme. Is that is that is that pushing it too far? I mean, because obviously, the thing I've always loved with physics engines is when they go completely wrong. Yeah. But because it, it, it shows to me that you don't need to have that much physics in a game. Yeah, it's kind of. I think it was kind of experimental, but also it's oddly specific. I I sometimes look at. In, in certain games, the way the ca- a character moves and their hair doesn't move, I'm like, that looks kind of weird. But I didn't, I wouldn't want a whole developed physics engine just for hair. That's like, that's going way too far off the other end of the scale. Yeah, it does seem a bit extreme. Just, yeah. I, um, as I, I, with that sort of thing, it it makes it interesting 
Like, it, I, I suppose this again, it's what well, it's like. I say it's like a tech demo. It's like, yes, this is what we can do. It's, and I'm like, that's fantastic. Can I play the game without it? Yeah, we can. We can make your hair into Cthulhu. Yes, exactly. Now you can turn this option off and play the game normally because it's stupid. It's like we play as Lara's evil twin sister, Medusa Croft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would that would be great. Every time you look at someone, it's like, and it's just everybody freezes and turns into stone. Make the game a bit too easy, though. Yeah, another thing I'd be impressed by is if they make every time a hair moves, it also shoots out a rainbow laser. Each individual hair. Because then you'd just be running through a tomb and it'd be like you've got a fucking disco ball on your head. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And maybe each boot has a, a little thing that plays music when it hits the ground, so it's like, mm-t, 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 disco ball going while you run through a tomb. <laughs> See that? I would, I would pay for that shit. Disco I'd buy at least really seven up. copies of those and then sell them all. <laughs> Someone needs to create a mod of this. I think every, we, we, we've come up with a new mod every time we've <laughs> done a podcast. Yeah, so every, every podcast we seem to end up with a section where we come up with something the gaming world sorely needs. Or we should do... Like, you remember in the old Tomb Raiders where um, you had to press a button to grab onto a ledge? You had to jump and then press X again to try and grab onto a ledge. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. They should do that, but they should just freeze frame and if you press X again, she just turns into Superman. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh because she always sort of sticks her hands out and her legs out in like a straightforward motion and just she looks like she's trying to do a Superman thing so one day she should do it and just take off and be like yes I knew it would happen one day <laughs> it'd be like a really specific uh, thing like if you accidentally double press it she just goes flying through the into the roof of the tomb and kills herself yeah it's just she just goes up at 100 miles an hour and you have to restart from the last checkpoint it would definitely help me understand how she has enough power in her fucking fingers and wrists to just tilt her entire body into a handstand position yeah uh, she's she's a well uh, from well, the original ones she's just a hardened tomb raider but in the new ones I don't quite understand is she a gymnast or what I don't know that's never really explained. No, it's, I, that's one thing that's always bothered me about Lara Croft. Like, no matter how many origins they've done, no, two. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, that's how many how many times they've done it. It doesn't seem like they've ever really like elaborated on her past, apart from the fact that her her dad and her mum went missing, or like her something like went missing or something like that. And, like they thought they were dead, but they're not really dead or something. They're in fucking the Norse hell, hell that is Helheim or something. There's not enough law. <laughs> I think that's because most of the time it was focused on gameplay and triangle boobs rather than any kind of story at all. Hey, you could you could ice climb with those things. Yeah, <laughs> you probably could. Anyway, she just does the worm up a cliff. <laughs> yeah. and that gets you know what? The thing that bothers me the most, right, is the fact that for like the, every single Tomb Raider recently, there's been well, not every single Tomb Raider ever. There's always been like a nude mod, and it's just like the graphics are so terrible that. It doesn't Why? even make sense that you were to have it. Why would you do it? Just, I, I, I don't know. The same because reason... Because 13-year-old kids... Yes, exactly. Because 13-year-old kid wants to look up pyramid boobs. Yes, exactly that. God damn it. Just, <laughs> but, We've all been there. Let's ask the 13-year-old kid, why is it he likes pyramid boobs? No, but like, no. at the end of the day, right, it's a case of... That means there's some adult who has programming knowledge who made this mod to, to like, a- attract 13-year-old kids to his, his mod page. <laughs> well, think about it. The Sims 1 had fucking 
had, had, had a had a had fucking get it. I don't remember that. <laughs> that was it, a different game way. It had yeah, I know, but it's like the graphics were worse, and it, it had mods that took away the filters. It's the same thing. Yeah. Why do that? Conclusion: <laughs> People are stupid. <laughs> people like to see naked people, even if they're not anatomically correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, thirteen-year-old kids don't know what real bo- boobs look like, so they probably think they're all a bit triangle-shaped anyway. I don't know. Most of them are parents at the end of this day and age. Yeah, that's true. And, and now I'm sad. Yeah, and now and now <laughs> life has become bleak. I don't want to carry on anymore. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> anyway, we should talk about more GTA. We should talk. I about have it. a question to start that with. Okay. What is everybody here's favourite Grand Theft Auto game? Vice City. Vice City. Ooh. See, I'm, I'm, I don't know, genuinely, even though I asked the question. Really? I, because I loved Vice City, but San Andreas had some great stuff in it too. And you didn't die when you went in the water, which was a plus. Yeah. I mean, San Andreas was the, was good because it had, you know, that expansion of the character. Because in Vice City, it was just you were this character. It had all, he had all the attributes he had, and that was it. With San Andreas, you could make that character your own. I love that. But it's just Vice City had that that Grand Theft Auto charm to it, where it didn't. It was just it was ridiculous. It was the last to me. It was the last overly ridiculous Grand Theft Auto game. Yep. And After that, they started becoming like they started veering away from what Grand Theft Auto has always been. I don't know, San Andreas did kind of capture that. But San Andreas was pretty ridiculous. You could fly around as a fat black guy with an afro on a jetpack, I mean. Yeah, that was, it was, it had, it had all that, don't get me wrong, it was fantastic. But I'm, well, like with the Ballad of Gay Tony sort of thing, where you could just, it, it, everything just looked so, like, gay. Vi- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just Vice City was such a camp game, it just felt like such a, it just felt like such a great. It was so such fun. It was. It didn't yeah. never get so seriously in any aspect, and that sort of thing. But the only problem is when I try and boot it up on my PC now, um, the the controllers don't aren't supported by it, and it oh. all goes really wrong. And I've I've done an entire playthrough where my character has been sitting next to the bike that he's riding. What? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so I I don't think it holds up quite as well today. I'd love to see a an update to Vice City. Not the game, but just the world. I mean, they're doing Los Santos now, aren't they? So. Yeah, for GTA Five, which you know could could be good because it was a decent map. Yeah, it was. A, it was. It just. I, I enjoyed it. San Andreas had everything that I wanted. San and um, Vice City to be like the extras I wanted in it, but it just didn't feel right to me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So it had, was still a great game. Yeah, it was a it was a brilliant game. I haven't found one GTA game that I haven't liked in some way or another. I mean, the original Grand Theft Auto just had that. GTA London was quite That's, awful. No, that was fantastic. I loved that. <laughs> I I never played that. I didn't want to. Don't. I had I had the version that you had to have GTA the original GTA to play, um, because what you had to do you had to put in the GTA London disc, and then it, you'd have to put in the normal GTA disc. Because get all the assets. A, basically, yeah, it was an asset mod, basically. So the disc just had all the things on it, like the the just the, the changing of the textures. So um, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Yeah, I yeah. think my my least favorite from the ones I played more. I just didn't. I couldn't get into four in single player. Multiplayer was great. Multiplayer yeah. is amazing for messing about. 
doing some free roam, some of the objective modes, whatever. Yeah. But single player, I just personally couldn't get into at all. I I, I have thought they're of too gritty and serious. I I Brucey annoyed me and then I quit. I've, he wasn't. Playing. I've played through the entire GTA Four. Have you? And it's just not the same. Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I kind of just wanted to finish because I've finished like every GTA game that's ever been released, <clears throat> and I don't know. It didn't feel. It didn't feel. It, it felt completely different. Like the play style felt was completely different. Which annoyed me in general. I think that's a little bit why I enjoyed Saints Row the Third when it came out was because GTA Four tried to go all serious American Dream was is is, is over type dull gritty thing, but then Saints Row the Third just sort of went yeah well let's go the other way. And, and then Saints Row Four came out, which is Saints Row Three. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, Saints Row Three prototype mod. Yeah, basically. And you know what? I really Which they were releasing for Century... It's basically a mod that they was releasing for Century 3 in the first place. Okay, but to get this straight, I will defend Saints Row. Um, Saints (laughs) Row the third had a a DLC thing, like a separate expansion that was going to come on a disc called Enter the Dominatrix, which um, partially was incorporated into Saints Row 4, but the last DLC for Saints Row III also had them with superpowers, where you could run at high speed and jump really high. The only thing that um, Saints Row IV doesn't have that the, the DLC did was you could basically Hadouken. Um, I, I'm guessing that's uh, some form of copyright reason. Yeah. It, I don't know what they called it, but um, yeah, so... Yeah, but the, the, the thing that bothers me the most with that is that they're actually releasing the rest of Enter the Dominatrix as an expansion to Saints Row 4. So they just they ha- released half of the Enter the Dominatrix thing with the story of Saints Row 4, and then they're going to add the DLC as that should have been released to the third onto 4. That's the only thing that bothers me. That makes any sense? I, I'm, I'm talking gibberish now. It feels like uh, it seems like a giant DLC for Saints Row 3. It's not. Even, it's like the exact same map and everything. Yeah, there are some minor differences, but I mean, there's not much difference. It it feels like it, it it feels like it took a year to make, and it did. So I mean, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a bit like how Assassin's Creed have been going, where not much changes really it with the last few anyway between Two Brotherhood and Revelations and that. It seems that the, that developers just can't be bothered anymore in some of these games. With 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 Saints Row, again, it just seems like because THQ went bankrupt and Deep Silver got hold of it, and they were just like finish the game now and that's it, that's over. They they've said that that Deep Silver said that after this one they're not carry on with Saints Row, so they just wanted it to go out with something ridiculous, so they gave them all superpowers. Yeah, it was kind of a, a quick bark off something they bought. Yeah, they probably they, it wasn't theirs, so they didn't feel like they owned it, and yeah. they just wanted to get get rid of what they had. Mm. Exactly. So I, I'm I'm happy that they did that, but at the same time, um, I don't think it should have been a full title. I didn't yeah. pay full price for it, so I don't feel so robbed. But I mean, at the same time, other people were going to pay full price for it and be like, you know, this is basically Saints Row Three, so. Yeah, I don't know why, but with Saints Row 3, I enjoy that game, but if I play it for more than half an hour at a time, it's, I just get overwhelmed by all the stuff it keeps asking me to do, and then kind of go, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do this. Yeah, this, Saints Row 4 does a similar thing. Like, as soon as you do a, a story mission, they throw six side missions at you at the same time. And it's just a bit like, well, that's a bit extra. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of had to admire 
GTA 4 with. There were so many random things to do, but they didn't bludgeon you over the head with it. Some of the stuff you don't find until later anyway. Yeah. Although, the other other side to that was, you know, I think where I stopped playing is where I got some kind of moral choice, and I was like, okay, these are in the game. You didn't say they were going to be. And also, it was a fair few hours into the game, and there were still tutorials for things, and I don't, I don't really like that. Yeah. I'm still saying, you should do this, and this will affect this in the story, and this, this, and this. Or at least, at least it isn't a game that has a a 10, 11 hour, 12 hour tutorial. Um, (laughs) the, um, okay, I'm gonna name it because it, it makes me sick. Um, Final Fantasy XIII. Um, mm-hmm. The first two discs on Xbox 360 were basically tutorials. Yep. Wow. And uh, you, you got to the third disc, and it, the, the third disc was three times as long as one of the discs on on of uh, on the original, like the tutorial disc, basically, because um, it was free roam. It, the, the world opened up when you got to the third disc, which basically meant the last two fucking discs were you learning how to play the game and hear the second half of the game or the second and third third of the game as fucking free roam and it, it, you know what the game I can't fault the fact I loved the battle system the battle system was fantastic the story could have been amazing but I the tutorials were just too much well, the biggest thing that bothered me in that game is that when I when I sat through the as you say tutorial essentially for two discs I got to the third disc and one of the first things I have to do is do something for one of the most useless characters in the entire game and he has to be in my party and I just cannot I cannot be bothered to even try hard enough to get past it. So I never got to the free room. I was um, just before the free room. I sat there for like 13, 14 hours for nothing. That's a bit of a rant there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> it does sound pretty painful, to be honest. It is. Have you not played it? No, I've never played a Final Fantasy game, ever. Get out. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I you know, you know, no. I've, I've had a strange and bastardised uh, gaming history, but I like where I am today. So. I don't know. I mean, Final Fantasy, if you don't play it, in my opinion, it, it, you're not missing out on too much. You you should play them because it's one of those games that seems like it's influenced a lot of RPGs in the last 20 years, but it's not one that I'd say has an effect that it used to. Final Fantasy is probably one of my favourite RPG series of all time. Mm. Like, like older, like I, I, not so, not thirteen so much. Sorry, yeah, thirteen definitely not. 12. Was it twelve? Yeah. Twelve was just awful. Jesus Christ. Eleven was an MMO. Um, yeah, ten and ten two. I liked ten and ten two. Yeah. To be honest, I think they were great games. A lot of ten was probably like my favourite. Yeah. A lot of people will say seven's their favourite or nine, but ten definitely for me. Mm. Yeah, just um, I mean, there are plenty of RPGs out there that are, are more relevant than those sort of games. But I mean, Final Fantasy six, VII, seven, eight, and nine probably did influence a lot of RPGs that are around today. Definitely, yes. I, I, to be honest, one of the most influential RPGs I can think of off the top of my head, other than Final Fantasy, is is Pokemon. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it, to see, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of split opinion on Final Fantasy games. I think so. Yeah, I think for me it's one of those things that I missed. I missed it when I was younger, and I just missed it by so much, and I completely missed it that it just seems 
Like, there's no point in me going back and trying. I, I, I feel absolutely no need. I get that everyone says it's a good game and stuff, but I'm, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. No, if I was to go and play 7 now, um, I don't know if I'd enjoy it. I think, like, not like oh, if I had never played it before. So if, if you were to go back and play 7, I don't think you'd enjoy it. So the reason I enjoy playing the older games, 7, 8, and 9, 6, even 5, is because of the nostalgia yeah. value that I have with them. I mean, I had 7 on my PS3, and... Uh... I do play it every now and then, but I just I haven't got to a point where the nostalgia value has become too much that the game loses magic. I mean, yeah. the game the game is good, um, but you can you can sort of feel that things aren't the graphics to me is still fantastic. I just I just I, lo- I love like they have like block hands, they have stumps. It's, it's amazing, but I mean, yeah, it's, I'd I'd recommend playing a Final Fantasy game once in your life. I mean, just do not buy seven on Steam. Just do not, do not do that, or we will not be friends anymore. <laughs> well, just because That's okay, can, I can live without you. you I mean, I won't buy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is it because you can buy stat boosters? It's because they've completely ruined it. Ah, oh, with that, it with an yes. optional stat boost purchase. Yes, that's optional. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it shouldn't be optional. It should just not be there. It's for people who don't want to grind. For the, for those who are too lazy. I don't care. If you don't want to grind, then you don't deserve the experience. It's true, you don't really deserve to play an RPG if you don't want to grind. Everybody yeah, loves to grind. It does, it does happen. On, Everyone, on every single RPG will bitch and complain about the grinds, but if you ask them if they would have ever done it differently, they'll always tell you no. Yeah, the only thing they do differently is they go to the next dungeon because they know they're now powerful enough. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of people, people like to complain about things it's like you know what makes me laugh the most is that a lot of people complain about the dashboard to uh, Xbox and yeah. how it's just, it, it makes me annoyed because at the end of the day all it is is a hub for you to start up games get over it <laughs> oh damn <laughs> oh it, shit and it's like, my opinion fuck you yeah and it, it, it bothers me the most when people go to you oh don't you remember the blades and I'm just like I remember the blades and they were fun but at the end of the day I don't think they quite catered for what Xbox wants to do now, so it doesn't really matter. No, it's a big media hub. Essentially, Xbox One is a huge media hub that plays games. They, they, that's how they marketed it. Yes, that's, the Xbox One is, is exactly that, and you know they pride themselves on that. And you know what, I, I think that uh, good luck to them, because at the end of the day, they are, they're, they're not hiding what they are. That's, so, uh, um, And it's... They, they're, they're not going to be competing. It's, it's their USP. They're definitely not going to be competing with the PS4 on that level. Yeah, I, that's, that's the thing. Is that They're saying that he's competing. Sure, they're competing in the games market, but at the end of the day, Xbox is also reaching out to an entirely different market as well. It's a much... I reckon it's much more for the family, sort of... Yeah, it's it's almost... Sense. Exactly that. And it, it's it's nice to know that it's it's a, the things are evolving... I, that's, that's what I saw when I first saw the, the the Xbox in all its always online game sharing everything glory. To me, I saw that and I thought this minus a couple of things is progress. Yeah, I it, it, they're kind of they're kind of making it even more of a viable alternative to PCs, like how you'll have the family PC and everybody's got all their music and stuff on it. Yeah. With this new Xbox, especially, you can do that now. You can all watch. Watch your your Netflix and whatever bollocks through it, and subscribe to this and subscribe to that, and 
yeah. use these kind of things. So they're kind of pushing it very much as a family alternative of, you know, dad gets one and everybody can use it kind of thing, like as as a household item, not just for, you know, that the kids have one and that's it. Like they want everyone to use it and use all the services. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the always online thing was always going to be up in the air. There's always going to be debate about that. But I always felt that after they got rid of uh, a lot of their their things, like they got rid of a lot of their their selling points, um, I feel like they they took they they, they basically took a lot of steps back. Um, uh, we I just feel like they um they they, they took steps, and it doesn't feel like it's much different to what it used to be. But I know full well that in time the Xbox will end up re-implementing a lot of those things anyway, including maybe even the on- online thing. Because with Forza, um, you just asynchronous multiplayer, so you, you download cl- um, you download ghosts from other people and you can race against them and stuff like that. So if it, I, I feel like that even if the console is not always online, the game will be. And like Titanfall is going to have a similar idea, and Destiny is an always online playground that changes depending on... So... You know, it, it, they've taken away that, oh, this is always online thing, but all the games do it anyway, so what, what difference does it make to them? Yeah, they, they may eventually, when there's so many games out, like when sort of 90% plus of the games on there all have that kind of feature, people will go, oh, well, it might be easier, and, you know, if we have, you know, always online, and Xbox will go, told you, and slap it back in, and be like, well, that's sorted. But, it, it, again, it, it depends, like, after, you know, we're going to see the first wave of games, which are all, some of which are going to be the, oh, look, look, this is uh, the latest in a series, and some will be, look at this tech demo thing. I was I was listening to a podcast the other day that, that pointed out something quite true. This group of uh, launch games is probably the best set of launch games that we've seen, because um, we, if you look at it, when you go look at all the PS2 things, you had like, Airblade and things like that. Games that basically just showed minimal tech of what the PS2 can do. Like the graphics were better than the PS1, but they weren't fantastic compared to how it ended up on the late, like at the end of the life and things like that. And so it, you know, it, I, this this time the only game that really seems like it's a, a this is a launch title type game is Rise. And um, I quite, I, I, if if we don't see that now. Do you reckon we'll see that like at the end of the console life? We'll look back at, say, Watch Dogs and be like, oh, look how primitive that was back then. I don't know. It depends, because, again, launching a kind of new IP on a console can go either way. Now, if you think about... It's not exactly a new IP as such, because it wasn't an amazingly groundbreaking game, but Zombie U on the Wii U. Yeah. Like, that was a pretty much the only thing anyone talked about, because it's the only thing that was any good. Like, they, they, they want it to stand out, but they also probably want it to be the basis for a franchise and stuff. Whereas, I suppose Zombie U is a bit more of a tech demo of how to actually do a game on a, mm. on Wii U. The, the only problem with Zombie U, I think, was that it, it became quite repetitive after a while. A lot of people, a lot of people have qualms that every time you do something, you end up, you end up just. It's it ends up like you're doing constant fetch quests or fe- or constant go from here to here, do this, kill certain amount of zombies type thing. Yeah, and it just um and it, but it's the beginning of a of a timeline of a console. It's not like you can expect uh, miracles, you know. I, yeah, yeah, no, I see what you mean, but I mean, 
Uh, it's kind of uh, surprising how many decent-looking, well-rounded IPs they have for the start of these generations because we've obviously known for at least a couple of years, if not more, that these consoles are going to get uh, outclassed by something new soon. So yeah. it looks, maybe not in terms of Rise, which doesn't look amazing to me, no. but in terms of a lot of other things, it looks like they've been working on you know, watchdogs and stuff like that for a, a decent time. So it won't just be a quick rush out for the next gen. It's, uh, oh, we've, we've been developing this for quite a few years. We'll, yeah. we'll time it with that. It actually feels like the it feels like the the, the companies gave the the developers time to actually work. They gave it. It's like they gave them the development kit and went, "We're going to announce this in a year and a half, two years. Come up with something to begin with, and then you've got another year after that anyway." Yeah, so that's, what, that's what seems to happen a lot. But thankfully, with some of the stuff at least, they don't seem to have done that. Um, I'm I'm in, I'm interested in seeing what goes on with that. I mean, I I the only thing I'm, I'm worried about. Is is hardware space? Yeah, that's hardware. So is hardware seems to be my biggest worry because 500 gigabytes. Yeah, it's a lot, but when you think about it in terms of on the Xbox 360, the the DLC for uh, we discussed it before, the Battlefield 3, including um, updates, uh, server esports server thing, and all of the, uh, the, the 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 DLC. It's it's almost 25, 30 gigs of space. So uh, you can only imagine what it's going to be on. On the PS, on the PS4 yeah. and Xbox Three, on Xbox One, sorry. That's like seven percent of your five hundred gigs. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, I worry that the the digitizing of games and the the upping in space of uh, of the the, the the DLC and that is going to be a problem. Yeah, that's one thing that confused me when I was thinking about um, buying both a PS3 and a PS Vita at some point, because it's like, well, with the Vita. It's like, okay, everyone complains about the memory cards are kind of expensive. Oh, they are kind of expensive. Maybe I'll get the smallest one. Wait, how much are, like, my PlayStation Network downloads going to cost? Because this free game is a download, not a physical copy. And with the PS3, they've got the slim versions that are a lot cheaper and have a smaller hard drive. But a lot of people have been saying, no, don't go for that one. You need the space. Yeah. It's kind of, it's never really explained anywhere, uh, like, in terms of scale, like, oh, this has got a 500 gig hard drive, but, and that will be more than enough, or this has got 120 gig. That should be enough, but if you put a lot of multimedia, then you might struggle. Yeah, and they, they haven't, and they haven't got any, uh, support for external storage at long yeah. either, so it's gonna be a bit of an issue. Yeah. Well, See, that would fix it. That's what they'd need to fix it. I think they're, storage. they're planning to patch it in. They're definitely planning to patch it in. They said, both companies have said they plan to have external storage in there eventually. But it just feels like, you know, it, it, it didn't have exactly what they wanted to begin. They, they wanted for launch, so they just didn't put it in. They haven't got, they haven't got the support proper, basically. Because, I mean, with, with um, external storage on the Xbox 360, you can only have a maximum of 16 gigabytes on a pen drive. And they, yeah. if you've got a 32 gigabyte pen drive, it only it will partition half of it for uh, usage. So yeah, this is, it, I think at that point we should end, guys. Um, this has been a, an interesting chat about generally everything, a little bit more serious than the last one. Um, but um, you know, is it, I, if we'd like to hear other people's opinions, so if you guys are, if anybody's listening, anybody, um, we'd like to hear some feedback on it. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to Art47 who does all of our uh, pictures because uh, he's been working really hard for us over the last few days and 
it, I, I'd like to give him a shout out. Yeah, um, we'll stick a link to his work on our uh, in the description. Um, yeah, he is beautiful and amazing, and we love him very, very much in he's, many inappropriate ways. Yes, he's a he's a, a desirable man, a beautiful, beautiful man. He's, if he's listening, he's going to be so sad right now. <laughs> he's gonna, no, he's going to be happy. He's going to so have the biggest smile on his face. But like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just give a shout out to him. We'll stick a link in the description because, I mean, a lot of his art... We, he's over While we've been doing this podcast, he's been sending me emails with extra pictures as well. So um, he's, 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 he's been working with us quite heavily. And um, yeah, we'd like to end, I'd like to end by giving him a shout out. You guys want to say anything else? Uh, I would just like to make sure that everybody knows Wayne is a hoe. That's, that's about it. Okay. Um, Wayne, would you like to uh, retort with a, with a statement? I would, but there's just no point. It's no point but because... There really isn't, no. There's no point because it's true. It's not, but I just can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you I said didn't say it was a bad thing. I just thought it was a part of me, so sure, whatever. <laughs> anyway guys um, <laughs> anyway guys thank you for listening and good night I mean, good day people <laughs>